This presentation is from UX Australia 2018, held in Melbourne. For more presentations, please visit uxaustralia.com.au. <clears throat> thank you, thank you. All right, let's get started. I hope everyone is caffeinated and have some sugar rush. So yeah, let's let's crack on with this. Um, so um, yeah, um, I work at PwC in New Zealand, and no, I'm not an accountant. And uh, over the last few days, we heard that change and corporate culture have been a recurring theme here. And it's something that uh, it's quite becoming quite important for the work we do as designers. And as Lauren said in her keynote, um, service design and design in general is becoming an increasingly relevant tool uh, to help organizations deal with change. So today I'm going to talk about how to set up this mission control uh, to help organizations with that. But first, I want to tell you a story, start with the story of Apollo 1. So in 1967, the astronauts were getting ready for their mission. And the objective was to um, fly around the Earth and test the spacecraft that would eventually take men to the moon. And just a few weeks uh, before the, the launch date, um, NASA was doing this dress rehearsal to make sure that everything was working fine. And Gene Kranz, who was the uh, flight director overseeing the whole mission, uh, suddenly heard this voice in his headset, fire, we have fire in the cockpit, and suddenly the radio went silent. So an electric spark caused a fire inside the spacecraft, and the astronauts were trapped inside, and they died in less than 30 seconds. So on the following day, Gene got his team together and delivered a speech uh, where he talked about how they should learn from the mistakes so that would never happen again. And this is just an extract of the speech he gave uh, that he himself reenacted later on for a documentary. Um, audio, please. And we tried this three times before we started. I think did you disconnect and connect it again? That's probably why. Yeah. Yep. Should I just do start again? Oh, yeah. From this day forward, mission control will be known. Right, let's get cracking again. Now, from this day forward, mission control will be known by two words, tough and confident. Tough meaning we will never again shirk from our responsibility because we're forever accountable for what we do or what we fail to do. Confident will never again take anything for granted, will never stop learning. When you leave here today, you will write these two words, tough and confident, on your blackboard, and they will never be erased. They will serve as a constant reminder to the sacrifice of Grissom, White, and Shaffy. 
So to this day, and 60 years on, uh, NASA and Mission Control, they still operate under the same principles uh, from the lessons learned the hard way uh, in that fire. So how might we create then a Mission Control to help organizations better manage uh, digital transformation and uh, using some of those principles from, from NASA as well? Um, and the thing is, when you look at uh, transformation, digital transformation specifically, it, it can be a bit of a misleading term. Uh, just like what we just learned from the Apollo 1 story, transformation is really about people and culture and less so about technology. And in fact, if you just do a Google search, uh, image search, and type digital transformation, this is the kind of images you get. And it, it feels like something magical and just with like snap like that, you suddenly be transformed. And we all know that's not quite true. So over the last couple of years, I've been working with a few companies back in New Zealand. Uh, Southern Cross, which is a major uh, health insurance provider, uh, Auckland Transport, and BNZ, Bank of New Zealand. And they're all going through some sort of a, a substantial transformation program, uh, mainly aiming at uh, delivering better customer experiences, but at the same time, making sure that the businesses were running more efficiently. And to help them with that, we set up a, a mission control. And the, in a nutshell, the, the main aim of the mission control there was to create more transparency and visibility across all these different projects. And as a result, uh, enable uh, not only the senior leadership team, but everyone involved really to better track progress and make adjustments as they needed in their own journeys there. So there are four key elements that we can learn uh, and draw from the experience and lessons learned from uh, that, those projects with those three different companies. Start with the purpose. Um, focus on outcomes and not deliverables, uh, have a dedicated space, and uh, try to stick to, to rituals and habits to, to shape culture. So I'm going to take you through each one of those in more detail now. So having a shared purpose uh, um, that brings the hearts and minds of people together involved in a project, or the organization as a whole, in fact, uh, it's probably the most important element here. It gives everyone this really clear sense of direction and it helps people to be aligned towards this common goal. Um, so let's take a look at what some people that I worked with from those three companies, Southern Cross, uh, AT and BNZ, have to say about this. I guess as an organization, we've got a really clear sense of purpose. We're about people and really Right, and what we see quite often is that uh, in organizations, especially larger ones, um, they have this overblown and meaningless uh, vision and mission statements. So if you ask yourselves, like, 
can you actually remember the actual mission statement of the company you work for? And even if you do, what does this actually mean to you? So the thing is, mission and vision statements, uh, they are not purpose. Uh, purpose is what makes people get out of bed in the morning. You know, a, a good purpose should be aspirational. It should get team members to be driven by more than just personal gain. And um, Southern Cross, for example, is quite ahead in this aspect. So they have this really clear purpose that is well ingrained uh, in their organizational culture. It's kind of hard to explain, but if you walk into the, into the office, it's something that you can actually see and feel in terms of how people behave and how they talk about the work they're doing. Uh, so I have a, a, a small video here uh, with people from Southern Cross talking about that. Let's take a look. The thing is, um, this is not something that just happened overnight. You know, they invest quite a lot of time and effort to create the right culture there. Uh, for example, one of the things that I noticed when I was working with Natalie and her team at Southern Cross is that pretty, one, pretty much everyone is wearing a Fitbit. And I was just like, mm, why is that? It's a bit curious. And this is by design. So um, they have this corporate well-being program. And that includes this kind of things like competitions across different teams and whichever teams takes more step in a week they win this prize, you know, and those small things actually makes them more aware of, you know, how important it is to, to, uh, to, to keep being well themselves, but also care about other people, which is what they do there at Southern Cross. So, okay, once you define your purpose, uh, it will give you this really clear sense of direction. And it becomes this North Star, you know, uh, to guide all the work that is happening uh, in your transformational program or the organization as a whole, actually. So the next step then is to uh, work backwards and define a set of milestones to help you get there. Or the other analogy that you can think about is if purpose over here is your destination, you, know, uh, you then need to define a set of uh, waypoints so you can actually trace a trajectory that brings you from here to there or there. So once you do that, uh, the next step then is to shift uh, the focus from project deliverables to project outcomes. And, and how to measure these outcomes, which is really important, the measuring part of it as well. So again, let's see what our friends from those uh, three companies have to say about this. A lot of the times when you set out to solve a business problem, you'll be given a scope, and you virtually will tick things off. And that's made around delivering sort of outputs or deliverables, whereas in these spaces, what we've tried to do is lift it up a notch to capture an outcome. So what we've set out for is greater than the sum of the little bits and pieces that we do. It's where some interest scores So 
traditionally, uh, teams work towards a set of deliverables. And this is probably because the way that people are incentivized and measured. So uh, deliverables is um, uh, uh, something that is easy to track. You know, uh, It's a tangible thing get, that gets produced at the end. But the problem is that quite often, teams get this tunnel vision. So they are so focused on whatever deliverable they're trying to produce that they don't get to see how they fit in the wider picture of, of the whole organization. And to make things even worse, sometimes that the work that they are trying to do might not be aligned with what everyone else is trying to achieve as well. But if you shift uh, your focus to outcomes, it then becomes this glue that brings individual projects together. So most importantly, um, when you start measuring outcomes, you can then start to see how things are linked and how each individual project is uh, contributing to the ultimate goal. So for example, um, this is one of the maps that we have at uh, the Southern Cross uh, Mission Control Wall. And uh, it allows different teams to see uh, and spot inter interdependencies across uh, different projects. So a project that sits uh, uh, on the left uh, over here uh, is not much dependent on anything else. But if you look at projects that are on the right over there, then they pretty much rely on all these other things that have to happen beforehand. And if those guys here, those projects, they don't produce the expected outcomes, then those guys won't be able to succeed as well. So likewise, if you have this on the wall in a mission control and uh, you're starting something new, a new project, and you, you define what is the purpose of your project or the outcome of your own project, and you look at this map, and then you can see that it doesn't quite fit there, then you should ask yourself, should we actually spend time and effort and money doing what we are trying to do here, or should we go to the drawing board and revisit our plan? And uh, if you don't have this kind of stuff uh, uh, there, people wouldn't be asking those questions. Um, and, and this is where things get complicated. Okay, so uh, moving on, having a dedicated space is also very important. For us, the space is key to telling our story. You know, people can come in and visually see what we've got, what we're working on, and then even just the conversation that that then sparks by having more and more people come through our space and be part of our story helps us plan some of those trickier insights or activities that we need to then take off the back of point work that we do. And traditionally, there's a lot of silos across the organisation. And the role we play is to bring people from different parts of the organisation together, co-locate them in here, and actually work together as a team to understand the problem from all perspectives. The space that we've built here, the interiors are amazing, it's exciting, it's engaging. You come through the doors and I think you immediately feel that you're part of something really special. <coughs> and I think that encourages people to collaborate, to be energised and to come with different ways of thinking and be open to the experience. Yeah, I guess we wanted to see how all the pieces fit together, so we wanted to make sure that um, it was really visible to not just the leadership team who needs to be governing those outcomes, but the whole organisation that they can see where what they are working on fits in the big picture. And we know that you know finding a, a project room in, in your office can be really tricky, but a wall will do too. And when you start putting things on this wall and making them visible to everyone, as opposed to something hidden in a PowerPoint deck or a business case that you wrote a year ago and you don't even remember what you wrote there, um, you then get more transparency to drive accountability and track progress, um, as we saw in the video here. Um, and for example, uh, once you have those things there on the wall, uh, often in stand-up meet meet, stand meetings, people will say, hang on, 
there's some guys over here actually trying to figure out the same problem that we are trying to figure out. Maybe we should get together and talk. And again, that wouldn't have happened otherwise. Um, so this is what we did at Southern Cross. This is just a schematic illustration of the mission control wall that we have there. It just sits there uh, in a uh, corner in the office. And the wall works from left to right. Uh, it took quite a few iterations to get there, so it's a very structured kind of wall in terms of the things that go in there. Um, and starting on, on, on this side here, uh, with individual, individual projects, followed by the outcome metrics that allows you to track progress uh, of those projects, and then you can understand how these metrics then are affecting uh, enterprise-level measures that in turn will be connected to the uh, purpose of the organization as a whole. And this allows people to have a direct line of sight and see how their kind of tiny individual contribution over here, whatever project they might be working on, could actually help move the dial and, and, and impact on the purpose over there. And this also creates this idea of accountability and people get you know, excited about the work that they're doing. And what I noticed uh, working with Southern Cross and these other two companies, BNZ and AT as well, is that having this kind of spaces, it, it really helps to shape behavior. And the interesting thing is that behavior over time is culture. So, so essentially, with simple things like, like that, you, you can actually start shifting the culture of the company. And this is something that is really, really powerful. So the last point here is about uh, creating rituals and, and habits, which again, will eventually help to shape the culture you wanna create. And just like the NASA mission patches that we can see here, uh, which became a tradition in every kind of mission they have. Uh, and the idea is like, whenever you, you're starting a mission at NASA, you create a patch, and that helps to bring the crew and everyone working on the mission together towards the common purpose. Uh, so th this helps to create this habit and, and, and ritual and mission and, and, and uh, culture as well. So again, let's take a look at what, what our friends say here from these other three companies. Is having a space and having a ritual is not enough. It's about how you build an inclusive culture of which things we use like a retrospective or use a daily standard to stay connected and continually get better, they help frame up the culture that we're building these spaces. So we're really lucky we've got governance that includes the team members from across the organisation. Um, we meet regularly, it's not uh, it's a fixed Friday morning meeting that says these are the barriers and if you need people who can move those barriers quickly, we're going to get the job quickly. Um, but definitely having the discipline, there's instruction, people are there, they know what purpose is and they're not, um, it's not a, a chat around um, how they're feeling about things or, or about the deliverables. So uh, a good example of how you can crystallize behavior uh, into culture is uh, this Friday morning meeting that Susan from uh, AT was just uh, talking about in, in the video here. So this is literally like a 15 minute uh, stand up where the uh, leadership team, they get together and they go through this, um, this wall here and it has like red, amber and green status reports of whatever work they're doing there. And the idea is to get these people to make decisions and help remove barriers so they can make something that is either red or amber into green and then move on with the work. Uh, and th at the beginning, when they started that off, uh, only a few people were turning up to that stand-up. But uh, by persevering and sticking to this uh, ritual, over time, other people from the leadership team realized, hang on, you know, they are making some really important decisions here, so maybe I actually should be part of that. So they started to, to turn up to those meetings, and eventually that became the norm. So you know, having that kind of um, uh, habit uh, really helps. Okay, so where to from here? So 
what can be uh, mission control like in five or 10 years time from now? And probably the best way to do that is to time travel. So um, I need a volunteer and uh, I have a time machine just sitting behind this door here. It's too big to bring, bring inside the room, so it's just outside. And I'd like to send someone uh, to the future. So who, who wants to help me? Okay, you, first one. So, um, okay, uh, you have to come here. I have to equip you. Hang on. So this is like a special time travel suit that was designed by NASA. As you can see, it's very high tech. You, you, can, you have to wear this. Just stick it on. Um, and I have some safety equipment as well because... Uh, People, this is really dangerous, so don't try at home, okay? Time traveling. You need some help? <laughs> maybe, maybe you can sit down. Right. If you just zip it up. Uh, there's a... Um... You want to put this on? Uh... You have to be protected because uh, it's, it's, it's dangerous, man. Put this on. Okay, so all you need to do, you go, you go to the time travel machine and we'll be controlling from here, okay? You don't, don't need to worry. Good luck. Okay, what, what I have here is I have a, a, um, a video feed that allows us to see what's happening inside the time machine. So let's, let me just switch this on. Hang on. All right, it's connected. All right, see you later. Good luck. Oh no, that never happened before. <laughs> I think it's okay. Oh hey, he made it, he made it. So that's the future. Right. What, what I can tell you uh, uh, that's going to happen in the future is that more and more we'll be able to automate data collection. And with the help of machine learning and smart algorithms and things like that, we can start to monitor and track the work that we are doing. So, for example, um, say we are developing this new service and uh, the metric that we want to use to track our outcomes is customer complaints. So, for example, using uh, natural language processing like this kind of stuff, you know, that is over here. Uh, we can then analyze complaints uh, in call centers and, and create a feedback loop to improve the service that we are delivering. So that, that will be happening more and more. So just to wrap up and finalize today, you know, think about the next project you're doing. So um, are you clear about the purpose? You know, do you have outcomes that are clearly defined? Try to get a project space or, or a wall. You know, that will do as well. And try to nurture the right rituals and habits into that. And... Um, if you really want to geek out about uh, mission control, um, I have this kind of um, NASA-style patches here to give away. So I'll just leave it at the reception there, and you can just pick your own, your own like that. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this presentation from UX Australia 2018. For more presentations, please visit uxaustralia.com.au.